history of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in a Sooner state of mind. Go ahead and like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sharing is caring, people. Tell a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend. You got it. And if you're feeling really lazy, just shout, Hey, Alexa, play Sooner State of Mind podcast. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Sooner Nation, you know what time it is. Got a little business trip this weekend. A rumble with the hated ones. Time to burn down the burn orange. Take things to a new level. That's right. It's OU Texas week. Most likely the last Big 12 edition of OU Texas. Unless we meet again down the road on December 2nd at Jarrow World. But first things first. Professor Mallon's got a little OU Texas football history lesson for you. Now, unfortunately, Texas does lead the series all time at 63-50-5. However, that was pre-World War II. Since we whooped them Nazis, OU has been whooping Texas more than half the time. So walk back all that series lead talk. And since Y2K, OU is 16-8, including 2K and the FN hostile 63-14 drubbing of the Longhorns, in which Sooners running back Quentin Griffin tied the NCAA record with six rushing touchdowns on OU's march to a national championship. And since the inception of the Big 12, Oklahoma leads the series 17-10, and since 2010, the Sooners hold a 10-3 edge over the Longhorns. OU's longest win streak during the Big 12 days? Five games. Largest margin of victory for the Sooners during the Big 12 days, 65-13 to in 2003. This love, one of my favorite OU Texas games, the 2021 edition, the one that Texas choked away a 21-point lead, the one we watched OU rise, and Kennedy Brooks rush for 217 yards, and two scores, including the 33-yard touchdown with only seconds remaining to stun the horns. Not only was it a delicious win, but that epic collapse 
sent Texas into a no-good attack-the-radical six-game losing streak shame spiral. I bet they felt like they wanted to live in a hole. And to be perfectly honest, Caleb Williams will always have a little emotional equity with me because of the pain he inflicted on Texas in that game. I hope getting to shield nacho burgers for Wendy's was worth it. I digress. Including that 2021 meltdown, the Sooners had won four in a row until last year's stinker. A 49 to nothing loss. Yeah, they talk about it like a championship game, like it's the only game ever played in the series. However, give Texas credit. They have won three Big 12 championships, the last one coming in 2009. You know, back when Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift at the VMAs. Wonder what ever happened to her. The first Avatar movie came out in theaters. Facebook launched Farmville. Who could forget that? The Black Eyed Peas had a boom, boom, pal. It was a simpler time. So three Big 12 chips. That's pretty good. That would be tied for the most ever in the Big 12. If you don't count the 14 Big 12 titles, the Sooners have won. But the only thing Texas fan wants to talk about is the 49-0 beatdown they gave us last year. The part Texas fan likes to leave out is that DG got hurt in the TCU game the previous week and had to miss that Texas game. And without Dylan, we didn't really have a quarterback in that game versus Texas. We actually had more non-quarterbacks throw passes than we had quarterbacks throw passes. Marcus Major, Eric Gray, and even punter Michael Turk all had to go. But hey... Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. And not only did more non-QBs throw passes, we actually had more non-quarterbacks take snaps than quarterbacks did. 19 snaps for Bevel and Evers, 41 snaps for everyone else that doesn't play quarterback. Obviously not Texas's fault. And when your former head coach weasels out in the middle of the night taking your 2021 starting five-star quarterback and runs off your former starting five-star quarterback, and your current starting quarterback is out with injury, it leaves the QB cabinet a little bit bare. Also not Texas's fault, but it does happen. So that game was really important to Texas, and it's regular people, as it should be. I mean, if we had lost them four times in a row, including a completely devastating collapse when we had a 21-point lead, only to see us get outscored 25-7 in the fourth quarter, I would hold that 49 nothing win toit, like by demons be driven. I probably wouldn't talk about anything else either. Even if the team we whooped finished below 500 for the first time since 1998, I wouldn't call that win hollow. I would celebrate it too, especially if we had only won 10 more games once in 13 years. Celebrate good times. Come on. And it's not like they got their revenge for a three-point regular season loss by beating us by 12 in the Big 12 championship. They're fourth in a row on the way to six straight Big 12 championships. If that one loss, the 49-0 one, if that's all I had to keep that win locked down in a well, putting lotion on its skin just like my precious, I would too. So to say there's a little bad blood between these two teams and fan bases, 
would be an understatement. Okay, let's get to it, people. In all seriousness, Quinn Ewers has definitely shown improvement since last year. Doing a great job of taking care of the football. 10 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Has increased his completion percentage by almost 10 points. His best game this season came on the road against the best team they've played this year. Against Bama. Ewers was 24-38, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And that O-line gave up zero sacks to that Bama defense. Junior wide receiver, six foot one Xavier Worthy, having a solid year. 26 for 345 and three touchdowns. His best game coming last week against Kansas, seven for 93. Also, Adane A.D. Mitchell, the former Georgia wideout. He hit the portal and landed in Texas. He's got 22 for 321. That's 14.6 per grab and four touchdowns. His best game came last week, too, against Kansas. 10 for 141 and a touchdown. Now both those cats stepped up when Jatavion Sanders went down. The big all-everything tight end for Texas. If there was no uh, Bowers, this guy would be the number one tight end in the draft. He was on his way to a monster year, averaging over 21 yards per reception, going over 100 yards receiving in two games this season. He had his ankle rolled up in the Kansas game. Sark said he's day-to-day, and they're hopeful he can play this week. I'm sure... They're going to be pretty hush-hush about his status until right before game time on Saturday. My biggest concern with this Texas team, though, is their running game. As a team, 191 yards per game and 5 yards per carry. Ewers, also very dangerous when he breaks out of the pocket and decides to run. And that's been the biggest problem for these Sooners uh, so far on defense this year, they're going to have to keep him contained. Desan, Kanick, Stutz, you boys got work to do. Fully capable, though. Did you know that Death once had a near Danny Stutzman experience? Yep. But with that Texas run game, who worries me the most? Jonathan Brooks. This dude has breakaway speed, very dangerous in the open field, a threat to take it to the house on every touch. Over his last three games, 60 carries, 488 yards, over eight yards per carry, and four touchdowns, including a 67-yard touchdown last week. Missed tackles, bad angles, they will get you beat in this game. There is no margin for error. Sooners run D for the first time was a little shaky in the first half versus Iowa State. But, always a big but, in the second half, the Sooners only gave up 29 yards on 11 carries. Making those adjustments. They're able to do it every game this year. If it hasn't started out great, they fixed it at halftime and they've completely taken over in the second half of games. Now, defensively, this Texas team is very good, too. They are great up front, great linebackers. Jalen Ford, he leads the team in tackles. Anthony Hill Jr., two sacks on the year. Byron Murphy, 14 tackles and two and a half sacks. They're giving up less than 200 yards passing per game and just under 95 yards rushing per game. Oh, 
and only giving up 13 points a game. That's tough, man. Them boys playing good defense down there. That's a good squad. But let's talk about this Sooners offense. The last two weeks have probably been the best two games for Marcus Major. At least 15 carries in each. Even so, the Sooners still don't have a designated number one back. But Lebby and Murray, they'll ride the hot hand. Or do they have something they've not wanted to reveal? Don't know. But hopefully someone steps up on Saturday. Major, Walker, Sawchuck, Barnes, all very capable. But I really have liked what I've seen out of Major the last couple weeks. It looks like he's trying to get that job and hold on to it. And we haven't really had any explosive running plays. 30 yards is the longest. And even without those, they're doing enough to convert third downs at over 50%. And there's seven of eight on fourth down. So it's sure we'd love to have that home run hit in the run game. It's just not happened yet. Walker would have had one last week. It got called back for a penalty. I think they're knocking at the door, getting that cohesion with the run blocking, and I think it's just a matter of time. Hopefully that time is Saturday. When these Sooners go up-tempo, I can't remember it ever being faster. They freaking move, baby. They get it going. A ton of stuff running and passing around the line of scrimmage in the flats, whatnot. But the deep game is becoming a bigger part of this high-powered offense, scoring 47 points a game. Dylan Gabriel, dime time. Ohana, baby, making his OU Texas debut. He might be playing his best football ever. Had to watch it from the sideline last year. And why that sucked for 2022, probably a good thing now. Got to feel the atmosphere warmed up before the game. Got to see it, got to experience the beatdown firsthand without being able to do anything about it in street clothes. I think it's going to be a different story on Saturday. And these Sooners are a lot less reliant on, quote, star players. They can hit you in a ton of different ways. DG has 16 different players with at least one reception. Five different players with the reception of at least 40 yards. Eight different players with a touchdown catch. Speaking of touchdown catches, my dude, Nick Anderson has five TDs over his last three games. Averaging 28 yards a catch. Mr. Anderson is a problem. Andrell Anthony, kind of quiet last week, but he has been DG's go-to guy. I don't think he's going to be quiet on Saturday. Farouk, Stoops, Jaden Gibson, all major contributors, all add something very different and unique to this passing attack and this offense for the Sooners. Will we see Levy dial up something special for Brennan Thompson? We got a taste of his speed last week. Holy smokes, that cat can fly. They're going to find a way to get him on the field. Would love to see some trickeration for him or something special. Gabriel's also been getting his run game going. Two touchdowns running last week. I expect to see more designed runs for him in this game. I really liked when he followed 
all the pulling guards and tackles around the edge last week. And he's not as he's not afraid to mix it up. He's been plowing some cats, punishing defenders at that goal line. See some more of that. And last week might have been the best and most cohesive the O-line has played for the Sooners. I know they've been moving some guys in and out, some coming back from injury. Um, the run game is uh the run blocking is still working itself out. But last week, the protection passing, they consistently gave DG all kinds of time to throw. He was standing back there for several seconds, and he made Iowa State pay for it last week. He was only sacked once, and that was only the fourth sack on the season. So even though the run game is a work in progress, the pass pro has been there, especially last week. And when... Uh, Gabriel's got time to scan the field. He's been finding his dudes, and it's been pretty special. Ewers has been sacked five times over the last two games. Sooners been ramping up that pressure lately. Hopefully they can get Ewers worrying about that pass rush, sending all kinds of blitzes, showing him all kinds of different looks. Keep Ewers uncomfortable and guessing if they can. I think BV can get something done. But a huge key to that will be shutting down that Texas run game. Easier said than done, but the Sooners have been doing exactly that. They've been crushing it at the run game. Very grimy, very stingy. Can they continue to win on first and second down? Each week that front has gotten better and more physical, guys knowing what their jobs are and just doing it. Last week, Kelly and Laulu punishing Cyclones left and right, got some big-time hits on Rocco, made him pay. Need more of that this week. 32 different defensive players got snaps last week. There was no depth like this last year. BV, turning this program around, some through the portal, a lot through recruiting. It is deep, and the youngins are getting better week to week. And I fully expect them to make some plays on Saturday. Of the 20 quarters the Sooners have played so far, they've held teams scoreless in 12 of them. And they are especially stingy in the red zone. And look to be improving. We haven't had an opponent, the quality of Texas, so far this year. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But you can only play who's on the sketch. And they've been playing well. And they've been making offenses look anemic. Sooners have also been dynamite on special teams. Two blocked punts and a punt return touchdown. Got a little safety out of it. A little safety dance last week. Now, Texas special teams. It's been a little sus lately. Had a couple of muff punts. And Auburn with that crazy hair is only 9 of 14 on field goals. Zach Schmidt. Boomer Sooner. 6 of 7. Special teams could have a huge impact on this game. And if they do, I have to give the edge to the Sooners on that one. 
Both teams going to come out swinging. Which team can take that punch and get back up? If you ask Jaden Gibson, he says that team is the Sooners. Which team will set the tone of what energy level this game will be played at? Sometimes teams misevaluate that and come in and they get blasted and they can't recover. Who's going to set that tone? We're going to find out bright and early Saturday morning. I know my dude BV runs hot. He's a high-energy individual, to say the least. Two outstanding teams with a very high possibility of meeting again in the Big 12 Championship. Now, a lot of people are saying these horns should be and are the number one team in the nation. Maybe they are. We'll find out on Saturday. What are they going to do? What are the Sooners going to do? I am completely stoked for this game. Also, a couple rumors out there that Sark is in line to take over for the Emperor when he retires, which could be soon. Does that make Sark Darth Vader? Sark Vader? Texas fan, oh man, you're crazy. That's so stupid. That would never happen. Blah, 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 blah. We'll see. Time will tell. Pumped. Completely stoked. I got to pace myself. Saturday still a few days away. Got to have that energy. Got to bring it. Sooner Nation. Get that hive mentality going. We got to pump our Sooners up. We got to bring in the good stuff. Push out the jive. Got to be ready. Collective consciousness. We're here to obtain Sooner Nirvana. You do your part. I'll do my part. We'll do our part. And let the chips fall where they may. A few more games this weekend. None for me, but we'll go ahead and take a look because college football has been completely awesome this season. So a handful of these games we're going to check out too. We got number 23, LSU. At number 21, Missouri. You guys still say Mazzara. LSU, six and a half point favorites. And it's hard to believe that LSU is the two loss team heading into this one. Yeah, here we are. Bayou Bengals still have games to play against Bama and Texas A&M. If they run the table, maybe. And as good as Jaden Daniels has been, any more L's probably means goodbye to his Heisman hopes, which is a shame because that cat is balling. Mizzou giving up less than 80 yards a game on the ground. If somehow they beat LSU on Saturday, they still have Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee. Good luck with that. Number 11, Alabama at Texas A&M. Bama one and a half point favorites on the road. Speaking of Bama and Tam, Jimbo with an opportunity to be the first Saban disciple to take two from the Emperor. The last two games of this one decided by three and four points with the team splitting wins. The good news, neither team will have to face Georgia unless they meet those dogs in the SEC championship. For the loser, it's game over, man. We're toast. 
Number 20, Kentucky. At number one, Georgia. Georgia, 14 and a half point favorites in this one. It looked like War Damn Eagle were going to get their talons into Kirby's crew last week. For Brock Bowers, eight for 157, including the game ceiling 40 yard touchdown in the fourth quarter, put an end to that nonsense. Mark Stoops getting lucky in Kentucky. Ray Davis run a buck wild over everybody. 76 carries, 594 yards, and eight touchdowns. By the way, that's almost eight yards a carry. But the back end of Kentucky's schedule is absolutely brutal. But it won't matter if they can't beat these dogs. That's an exciting game. Number 10, Notre Dame at number 25, Louisville. Notre Dame, seven-point favorites in this one. What does Notre Dame have left in the tank, man? Back-to-back games going down to the wire. Heartbreak loss. Heart attacking, whatever you want to call it, win last week. They've got to be spent emotionally. And it was Sam Hartman coming to their emotional rescue last week. But they might just be out of lucky charms. The card quietly beating up on teams. Jack Plummer led the second half comeback versus NC State last week, but he has to do a better job at taking care of the ball. Six interceptions on the year. That's not going to work against Notre Dame. But if he can keep it clean and that defense continues to be grimy, they do have a puncher's chance and the best puncher ever called the Lou home. Here's a hint. He was known to float like a butterfly. And sting like a bee. Some good action, people. And by the way, if you were playing along at home, I showed my boys Dimebag, Vinny, Rex, and Phil some love. A little vulgar display of power sprinkled through the show. One of the best albums ever. If you caught them all, let me know. SSOMhost at gmail.com or Football Dudes LA on the Twitters. They're all there. If you don't know that album, get hip. Go get it. I'm ashamed of you, but there's always time. There is always time for new music. Go ahead and come on back next week, and we will recap what was hopefully a big win for the Sooners. Oh, it's going to be a good game. Completely stoked for this one. Go ahead and head on over to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows, type in Sooner State of Mind, and you are locked, my friends. We have a ton of great shows, every team, every topic, everywhere, Believe.com. If you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the football dudes. You'll find us. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Casey Mallon. I am in sooner state of mind beat texas you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.